millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Look, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do an intro because I always end up sort of slipping over myself and fucking it up and it coming out a jumbled mess. And that's exactly what's happening now. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just even when I'm trying not to, it happens. I'm not going to do an intro and then <laughs> and then I start doing an intro. I just start going off on one. Um, that's that. That voice you can hear there is Flav, and we're also joined by Ricky, two two of the fighting cock lads. And I thought, lads, you know. I, I've seen all this like Bale retiring. I was filled with nostalgia, so I thought, you know, I'll get two of the lads on who I've been like. Life's disappeared a bit, right? Don't you think? I mean, I'm not trying to get too like sad about. It. I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it's suddenly like I remember vividly being 15 and on an internet message board and talking to you two about Gareth Bale, and now here we are. <laughs> you two already in your 40s. Me nearly there. Yeah, what you and he's what, retired. Is, you know, what do you want? Do you want me to get have an existential crisis on your podcast? I mean, you know, go on. This is the place, right, mate? This is when this is you where you can let loose. Me, not for two two and a bit years yet. Fuck's sake! Yeah, I know. Spring chicken, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, no. Don't get me wrong. The, the passing of time is not lost on me. It's something that I I wake <laughs> up at four o'clock in the morning and dread about every single night. Did you see Zeus's tweet? What was about it? Bale? It was just. It was basically like you know. Seeing Gareth Bale retire makes me realise that day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, we're decaying <laughs> to the point oh, yeah, of slowly dying. Yeah, yeah. Still, Bale was good, wasn't he? You know? <laughs> Mate, that geezer is a genius. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's yeah, really, he really good. is. How did, um, how did you feel? I like, will put off Arsenal for a bit. How did you feel about seeing Bale retire? Did it, did it muster anything up on you or is he, was he dead to you after he left? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't care. You don't care. You want to really? No, I, I, I don't care about any of that. I don't care. Like, I, when someone famous dies, it stirs nothing in me at all, other than how old is he? Shit, that's sort of ten years away from where I am. That's about it. It's not like it's not. I don't. I don't get nostalgic. Like he was great. He was brilliant at Spurs, and um, look, we'll probably never see a player as individually brilliant as him at Tottenham ever again different like Kane's a better player for, than, than Bow was for Tottenham right but Kane's a different type of player but as an individual who does magic things we'll probably ne- never see someone do what he did for Tottenham if we do we're very lucky so I appreciate that sort of stuff but he did fuck off to Real Madrid let's be honest like that sullied him and, and, and I get it it happens all the time great players move clubs all the time but I don't like it when it happens to our players so yeah I don't really care like 33 as well, he could have played on, do you know what I mean? He could be arsed, because he's, you know, he's made loads Clearly. of money. What's the point, you know? Is he our greatest ever, uh, is Great Britain's best ever player? Yeah. Greatest yeah. It's, player. it's between him and Rooney, right? And it's it's him. It's definitely him. Yeah, yeah just because what he did at Real Madrid. But people like, some people responded like, no, no, nah, no. Mm. He wasn't even at his peak. Think about it. that. That last season at Spurs, he was, he literally was a one-man team. You know, he he was unstoppable. He was just one of those players. I think Suarez did it around the same time, maybe a couple of years later. I can't really remember. We've sort of seen it with Haaland now. There are just some of those players that are just a force of nature. You can't stop them. And they're head and shoulders the best player in the Premier League. And that was bail for me. And he wasn't even at his best at that point, you know. so Yeah, yeah. totally. Was that a nice I little mean- picture of you and him, Ricky, that you shared mm-hmm. yesterday? Yeah, I've got a couple uh, during that uh, during that era where um, I 
my season ticket was row two in the south stand. So a lot of the uh, goals where players wheeled away in celebration, I, I was papped with said player. And during that time, Bale scored a lot of important goals for us. So I got quite a few of him. But um, I don't think I have ever seen a player as explosive, exciting, with an end product at Tottenham in my life. Like, I remember when the magician Ginola got the ball and could dribble and, you know, at, at times he'd have an end product and he'd have an amazing shot, at score, or whatever. But it wasn't always kind of like... We would look to Ginola to <coughs> carry the ball further up the field and kind of that that was it, really. We, we, we'd want him to score and we'd want him to score more, but it, it, it never really materialised. And that's kind of like one of the standout players for me that I think of. Lennon, he was, uh, he was electric on the ball as well, but he just didn't have that end product. With Bale, there was a time where everyone would just be... It would just... Everyone would be staring at Bale because you knew... As soon as he got the ball, he was going to take on the defender every time um, and just sprint past them and stick it in the net. And it didn't matter who it was, what team we were playing, Champions League, whatever, um, he, he would do it. And the thing is, people would double up on him and he would still get through them. And he, like, you just knew. Like, you know when you kind of know if you're going up against an opponent and you're going to lose? That's how, other, that's how our, the opposition were. They just feared him, and although, like with with Harry, his all round game is better than Bale's. That kind of, um, you know, like the Rock, the most, and it was electric, electrifying in sports entertainment. It, that's <laughs> what Bale the was. People's eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Bale was. And even though, um, like, there are people that uh, wrestle better than the Rock, like. Kane, like Kane. I don't know why I'm doing this wrestling. I know, what's going on? I know, I don't know. It's that fucking cow. You've got talking about wrestling. Get into my fucking brain. Talking about wrestling all the time. But uh, but anyway, Kane, overall uh, overall better player. But he just doesn't have that... um, Wait, Kane the footballer or Kane the wrestler? I don't know anymore. I literally don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> do, you know, do you know my favourite Gareth Bale memory was when he was injured and he <laughs> he was sat up above the shelf and I think for about literally for about three to five minutes f- f- the fans around the shelf were all singing stand up if you love Tottenham stand up if you love Tottenham and he sort of sat there and they're waiting and he doesn't do it and they do it again until you could tell somebody with him had literally just be like, just fucking stand up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was around the time when he was getting rumoured to leave and all that and then he left. Well, I also remember him um, <laughs> not playing against Chelsea because he had a baby. That was how about. Inconsiderate, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, just fucking, like the baby's going to be there for the rest of your life. This is a game, important game against Chelsea and you've just, your wife's gone into labour so you've just, I know this probably might not be a palatable thing to say in this modern age but it should have played. What's that? What is it? The, you know, in the office, the horrible fella from the warehouse says, when he, when the woman, the pregnant woman asked him to stop smoking. Yeah. I care, some sad tosser's blown his beans up your mouth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the greatest lines in, in, in British television, I think. Uh, he, amazing, everyone yeah. knows a fella like that. One of those like warehouse players that just don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? It would just cut you down like that and you leave you standing there like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> blown your beans someone's blown his beans up your muff <laughs> terrible vile vile how you feeling about Conte Flav like it's all settled down a bit now I've had a good good smashing win against because I had I on the fight the other day you, I think you're sort of in a probably not quite the same boat as me but your point was like look you know with all this moaning and all this shit around it I'm not actually that arse. I don't want him to go, but if he does go, whatever, you know. I think there's a couple of things. There's, there's one, look, it's, it, there's a lot actually. The, 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 the football hasn't been good enough, in my opinion, for him to be putting, what he hasn't done enough with the, the, the players that we have in our squad to, for him to be in this position where he's saying, well, if the club don't match my ambitions, then I'm going to leave. 
because there are lesser players and lesser lesser groups of players in terms of quality who are doing a lot better than Tottenham are and playing better football than than than, than we are. So I think he he should be doing more to get a better better brand of football out of us with the players he's got, even considering the injuries. But he's chosen to play the way he does, and he thinks that that's the most um, the the way we're going to get amass the most amount of points. So and and obviously he knows so much more about football than I ever will. So you you bow to that to that knowledge and accept that that's what he wants to do, and that's fine as well, right? But my main issue with him is the and I'm repeating stuff I've said elsewhere, but the 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 contract situation. Now I understand that he's trying to push Levy into a corner, if that's even what he's doing, saying, look, if it's, if you're not going to spend your our way out of this state of inertia that Tottenham appear to be in, then there's no point in me being here. He's being very clear that I need lots of money and I need quality players in order to achieve what what I think I should be achieving in, in winning trophies and winning the league. And, and that's a fact. We need to spend 200, 300 million pounds on this squad in order to be genuine title title contenders. My issue though is that if you're not willing to commit to the future then how can you expect the players coming in to commit to your ideas? Like, if you're not going to be here, it, for all intents and purposes, he, he might be gone at the end of the season based on the contract. How can you convince players to come and sign for you if you're you're not committed to them? You're asking them to sign four years of their life away, five years of their life away to a club that's very difficult to get out of if if Daniel Levy doesn't want you to leave. Then, 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 then like, what, what you're not making, you're not leading from the front. That's my issue, and. And I don't really understand it because he could sign a four-year contract and walk away at any point because that's the way football works. Get a bigger payout. You get a bigger payout, yeah. And, and and to be fair to him, obviously he's not interested in the money, otherwise he would do that. But almost every other manager does that. So that's that's my... And it would take away so many conversations that we have to have on a day-to-day basis with fans from other clubs. Not that that's a big problem, but we are having those conversations. Oh, he doesn't want to be there constantly. He doesn't want to be there. Clearly he doesn't want to be there. And um, he wouldn't have to field these fucking questions from journalists who have to ask the question, are you going to be here? Because it's th- that's the only issue. So you could remove all that by signing the contract and it goes away. But um, I I think with... Uh, you've only... Well, he's done it every club when he's had the money and he's had big money at every club. He's achieved success. And for him not to have that, if it is about money and for him not to get it, Having, knowing that Spurs have money, it would be. I can understand why people are, 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 are why the move to to remove Daniel Levy from the football club, even if that is an impossible task, is starting to gain traction. Do you think it's a happier place at the moment, Rick? Do you think he looks kind of because I thought he looked he looked obviously he looked quite jolly against Crystal Palace, but also against Portsmouth. You know, it wasn't like a barnstorming performance or victory, but it was still a professional job well done kind of thing. Do you, do yeah, you, you I mean, sort of think he'll be in a good place for Arsenal. Yeah, I think even though he was disappointed with the loss against Villa and how much he hates losing, as he always says. I mean, he came across and he said he was <clears throat> he was uh, pleased with the application and performance and uh, how the team was working, and it was just a couple of things, a couple of errors that you know was was our undoing. So I believe. That he and and uh, the assistant manager came out said that uh, you know that they believe in the work they are doing. They have confidence in the work they are doing, um, and where they had started the starting point and where they have been doing all their coaching and and changing everything at the club, they are about where they should be in league position mentality team stuff like that I, I think that's where I think they're all quite happy with with the progress but then it becomes another thing of I think there's there's a few things at play here I think that to become um that elite club that Conte wants us to be um he wants us to spend a lot of money and I think with the pressure of the media pressure of the fans um and his reputation he wants us to get there quicker rather than a very slow way of um how we would normally do this we'd build there and we'd get there in 
two to three seasons the way that we're going on this trajectory he he said about you know buying 50 60 million pound players two of them every transfer window but what about if you got 50 60 million pound players four of them or five of them every transfer window you'd get there a lot quicker wouldn't you <laughs> and um i think that's what he's trying to apply pressure for us to do to get there quicker and to get results quicker which is fair enough i'm also think that there is a bit of um like levy and conte they're a bit at loggerheads really as to say levy saying that maybe yeah i'd spend 40 million on a player but they have to be young they have to have sell-on value and and conte saying well this guy is ready made now even though he's 29 40 million pay it because this is what we're going to get now not tomorrow not in a couple of weeks we need it now um and this is what the results will give uh so i think there is those bits there that he's kind of unhappy with but he understands um and sometimes depending what mood you catch him if you catch him when we've just smashed palace um, and asking that question, he'll be okay with it. I understand, you know, the club have a policy. I have to go along with it. If you ask him after, you know, Villa, it's kind of like the the club, they're stopping me doing what I need to do. And, it, you know, very, uh, you know, subtle digs about um, about Levy and the regime um, that they won't give him what he wants, really. Um, I, I, I do feel like, uh, like Flav was saying about the contract thing, it is unsettling. Like, why is Harry going to pen another deal when he thinks Con- when when content isn't going to be around? Why is uh, why are other players going to pen new deals when they don't know who's going to be around? Why are people going to come to the club in this January transfer window, or even be talked to like by Paratichin lined up in the summer as to say, do you know what? Come play with us. We've got an amazing stadium. We've got an amazing training facility. We've got the best manager in the world, like one of the best managers in the world, uh, best striker in the world. Like, why are people going to come along? Because if he's not outwardly committing himself to the club, then why are other people going to come to the club? Why, why, why is anyone going to buy into that? Now well, we're yeah, not I mean, saying we're not saying that. Uh, well, I'm not saying that. Right, you need to come out and you need to pen a fucking six-year deal just a year extension like just even two years whatever just just something that says i am here for the long haul or, or longer haul um and that the people that we're trying to attract and what we're trying to do is still that's what we're working towards do you think he though i mean because this is this is one of those things i was i was fall back i'm i'm always basically on the fence of, with a lot of this stuff and I always think, like, you know, he's sort of he's complaining about the colour of players. We've got lots of fans that say, oh, our squad's shit, it's this. But when you look at it, man, like, we're still, this season, we haven't even really played that well. We're fifth in the Premier League. And who are we alongside? We're alongside Manchester United, who have spent, what, like, a billion pounds in the past six, seven years. Liverpool, who have spent hundreds of millions of pounds in transfers and wages. Newcastle, who are... I mean, people are sort of... I, I get it, Eddie Howe deserves some credit, but they are still spending a lot of money nowadays. City, obviously, Arsenal have spent... We all know how much they've spent. And Spurs still manage to keep up with them. So, you know, I just think maybe we're not... And some of that is obviously in part down to the work of Antonio Conte because before he came here, what, we were finishing like 6th, 7th and all that before for a couple of years anyway, after Pochettino left. So, I just... I, I'm just I'm not as convinced it's like as this is this is how I find it hard to get really involved in the kind of like the the real visceral kind of Enoch out stuff because I don't see it as being that bad at but you're right, we do like to fucking think we can win the Premier League, but isn't that what every single fan in the country wants their club to do? I don't I don't I don't um I don't I think I think I think a lot of what the Enoch out lot uh, saying is is I mean asking demanding that he, he he leaves the club is is extreme um because of, of what he has done thus far he deserves I, I think he, he's earned a lot of respect he should be given a lot of respect um and uh that that that, that shouldn't be forgotten <clears throat> um 
But you do look at what Arsenal have done, which is essentially spend to their limit. And now they're flying with young, really exciting players and top of the league. And you're looking at us and there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't have been doing that. And we and 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 it may be that we've just signed the wrong players, and they've been better in the transfer market than us. And we have in the last in the last um, two transfer windows been a little bit more, well, actually quite a lot. In it, we we spent significantly. But it's, still, it's those windows, though, right? And when we're building the stadium, that's yeah. That's since where 2016, they've spent about 200 million pound more than we have. And this and this is the thing: is this fundamentally what football comes down to now? If you want to be successful, you have to spend money. It's not about cultivating players. It's not about bringing them through. It's just buying the, as many good players as you as, it's, as, as it's you a can. Bit both, though, right? Look at Saka. You know, he's probably their best player, and he's through their academy. You know, so yeah, yeah, they got lucky. You know. No, no, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it does happen. You have to invest in it to a certain degree, and, and, and having a, a, good, a good youth development uh, a pro, a process is, you know, very profitable even if it doesn't mean that a lot of these players get into your first team. But but with Conte there, he, and, and that is what is exciting about having Conte, is fundamentally this is what he's demanding. And Daniel Levy is really in a difficult position, in part now by what uh, this groundswell of, 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 of movement to, to oust him at the club. All of that is working, well, I, I think, will work in our favour because Daniel Levy needs now to... To, to get those players that Conte wants and to get those players he has to s- spend significantly. And if we get that as fans, that's everything, right? We get great players. We've got a manager who's proven that he can work with, with, with great talent to get success. Um, so it is, um, it's, it's an interesting time. Um, it's interesting that as well that this sort of QSI group who want to invest in Spurs, apparently not even them, there's two other, t- two other consortiums that want to buy a stake in Spurs as well. So in my head, I've created this ideal situation, right? I think that Daniel Levy wants to sell that minimum stake, or sorry, maximum minority stake of 29.3%, which would be worth about a billion pounds to Tottenham. That means that he can take a billion pounds out and, and, and that goes to the shareholders, to Enoch, to whoever, whoever needs to receive that money. He remains in charge. He, remains, he keeps his job. And this Qatari group, will fund our transfer activity at no cost to Enoch. If th- if he manages, if that is what's happening, that is an absolutely, forget like the ethical side of it for a second. On a footballing terms, that is an ideal situation as fans for us to be in. Because just, Levy is a good, he is, a, he is brilliant at what he does. It's just the football side of it that he, he lacks a little bit. But I'm just have, interested to know how it all works with regard to them already owning PSG how active they can actually be, how much they can be seen to be, say, actively bolstering, like, for example, giving us money to buy players with, if that would actually be allowed or if it would have to be done through some backdoor route, if you get what I mean. I understand what you mean in terms of both of us playing the Champions League. Yeah, well, I've, it, 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 yeah. Exactly yeah. Um, well, I mean, Salzburg, Red Bull Salzburg and Red Bull Leipzig playing the Champions League together. They're owned by the same same people. There's nothing dodgy there or anything. Well, there is. They may, I don't know. I don't care really. But they they they're able to do it. <laughs> they, they I think Red Bull have. A, I think Red Bull have a few a few teams, don't they? Cheeky um, <laughs> but but granted, I don't think they cross over in where they're playing at the moment. But like you said, uh, Leipzig and Salzburg, yeah, definitely. Rick, there's always you... ways. Look at the way Man City have managed to cook the books. It's always if there's money involved, there's ways to do it. I love those I thought, expressions. Uh, cook, cook the books. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like nineties news reporting. Do you know what I mean? Oven ready solutions. And <laughs> <laughs> didn't, it, didn't Enoch uh, have yeah. shares in other clubs as well? Apple and Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. Isn't there some? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you'll get in trouble talking about Rangers again, Rick, on here. But um, oh, fucking hell. What happened? Rick got cancelled for uh, same Rangers had good support because they sing sectarian stuff. Yeah, I, well, I mean that. that look, I'm going to back Ricky up here. It is this part of the reason why the Rangers, the, the old firm, is so such an amazing derby is because of the political backdrop. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Some people. I just had. Worry. I just had one guy send in for me. All right, you know, um, I, I, I get that every week now. What was it the other? <laughs> so I got, so I got people sending for me on something that John Bass said. I didn't even say it. Um, the, uh, I, I just on that while we're talking about the old firm, um, I did a phone in with 
um, on the, no, 606, they get fans in to debate with each other. It's fucking bullshit. But I did it with um, Chris Sutton and he asked me whether or not what's more important, the league, winning the league, what's bigger, winning the League Cup in England or winning Rangers or Celtic winning the, the league in Scotland? And I said the league cut's more important. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? Well, I think it, I think it is. But it, was, it ended up I ended up being quoted in the um, fucking Daily Record up there. <laughs> Mate, you're going to get ironed out. I know. You're going to go for a nice holiday up to you know. Oh, let's go to Edinburgh. You and the missus for the weekend. Yeah. Have a nice walk. Look at some castles. Taste a bit of whiskey. There he is, <laughs> dead. Rick, what do you make of what Arsenal are doing? Is Arteta there? Is he there, Pochettino? Do you think is this their kind of moment? And because the fear for me, because I, I sort of think it is that, and the fear for me is that they're backing him in those windows that for you know almost sort of saying that in my fence sitting on them. One of the sort of worst times for them was not backing Pochettino in those three windows when we had the best team. We didn't build on that team, and the moment went. The momentum of that all went. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we added Lo Celso and Ndombele, but the wheels were already coming off of it all, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, um, well, as long as uh, he does, Arteta does what Poch did and not win anything, then I'm okay with that. Um, But I think you're right. I think they, they, with uh, Arteta's pedigree and his history with with the club, um, I think they are looking at it and I think they are seeing a similar model from when Poch was very successful and that he was able to uh, coach players that we already have um, and bring on uh, youth players and develop them and kind of build uh, a really kind of harmonious and great environment for, for young players to thrive, really. And that's exactly what he's doing at, uh, over at the Gooners at the moment. It fucking stinks. And it? yeah, and the thing is, I I can't see that that they they're going to get to a point, and it should be fairly soon. Cause how long has he been in charge there? Three years, four years. Four years, I think. This, Maybe, I think yeah, this is fourth year. Yeah. Okay, so they are if they are going to be giving him um, the money that they have been then he needs to be able to show some silverware or at least some kind of uh, rewards for it. And if he doesn't come up with those, then, you know, will the... I don't, I don't, will the Gooners turn on him? Like, I, I don't... At the moment, obviously not. But there is going to become... Um, there is going to become a point where the club say, look, mate, we've given you, like, 500 mil... And you've not really, you know, we, we play attractive football. We're finishing higher up in the league than we were. The club is in a better position from when you took over. But we need to see, we need to, we need to see some silver, boy. Look, if they don't, I would say from this position, if they don't win the Premier League from this position, there will be a, a there will be a large percentage of Arsenal fans that will be wanting them out. 100%. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. I know, I know, I know how I know how sensitive they are, but I think like. That would be crazy. That I mean, I think I he'll get a few more that. seasons. He'll get a few more seasons, um, and he'll get a bit more money. But then there is going to become a point where he's completely changed the starting eleven. He's completely changed uh, the you know the, the squad. Um, and if they haven't kind of qualified for the Champions League or won anything fairly significantly, then questions will be asked um, and I don't think they can just keep going in that trajectory of how much money they're giving him and not getting a return really well they're not they're not selling they're not selling any players they're, and their squad isn't big enough for them to start selling players to balance the book so there will be a the finite amount of money that they can spend and it will be it's it, they must be on the cusp but they spent so much money without recouping hardly anything um, the other issue is what, what Arsenal fans feeling right now is kind of what we felt when under Pochettino, where everything was sort of going in the right direction. But that feeling doesn't last forever, and especially at Arsenal, where their expectation will go through the roof from this point onwards. And the minute it starts to falter, that's when they'll start to fall apart as a fan base. That's what they are, because the foundations of why they, uh, that that club's built on, of what they are as a football club, can only be important if, 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 if Arsenal are playing well. If they're not playing well, they fall apart because they've got nothing to fall back on. They're not a proper football club. They're um they're they're 
they spit in the face of the traditions of the game. As we said many, many times, they're an awful, awful club that's built on terrible foundations. They shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed, they shouldn't exist. Certainly shouldn't exist in North London. So that's fundamentally what Arsenal are. So it, the, 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 the fact that if they're not moving on an upward tra- trajectory, then they will start to, you'll hear the frustrations. And you know, with all clubs, is that there's, only, there's a ceiling to what everybody, everybody can achieve. And if they don't win the league this year, with teams falling, the, the, the very best teams dropping points all over the place, then they probably won't win it for, for, for the foreseeable future because they've, they've played their ace card. They've spent the money. They'll be relying on this group of players getting better and better, but it isn't big enough to sustain the kind of success that they demand, I think. I still I think, that, I mean, they are, they're a really good, well-balanced team. If I've been brutally honest about it, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can, I still don't think they quite have that absolute star player. I don't think... I mean, we had Harry Kane, and we didn't quite get it over the line. You might say the squad wasn't... I, I, th- I, I honestly think this their squad now is comparable to what we had under Pochettino, but maybe not even as good as that, and they still don't have a Harry Kane. I'm, I, you know... I, I see what you're saying. And I think you touched on something interesting there, Flav, in terms of like what they're built on, because obviously historically we know they're built on, you know, coming from Woolwich and sort of basically robbing land in North London and trying to create a rivalry with us. Um, but this this sort of current generation now, so if we say like kind of what, like the sort of Gen Zs who are coming into their 20s now, <clears throat> some of their sort of like this Ashburton army, the very vocal side of it, like you say, they, they only know success because they've all been born and raised in the era when Arsenal were winning everything, right? And... That's it. That's that's why they support. All right, a lot of them, I'm sure, support Arsenal because their dad does and whatever. But their dads are cunts, you know. <laughs> at the end of yeah, the day, but, tossers, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of them will be supporting them because they were the best team or one of the best teams in the country at that point. And I think getting this close to it, and if they don't get it over the line, I think hurts them more. It fucking hurt us, right? It really, it still hurts me th- thinking that we didn't get anything over the line with Pochettino. Like obviously the FA Cup, League Cup, whatever take it or leave it in my opinion but FA Cup it hurts and I really thought we were going to get one of the big ones I did under him I thought that Champions League was ours didn't happen obviously <laughs> I, know, I know but I just I, I thought it but we can get over it it's not kind of what we're used to right but with them I just feel like there's an extra there's an extra kind of panic for them that kind of that feeling of like maybe that maybe they're back but if they're not, are they actually just irrelevant now? Are they a relic of 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 football from a kind of another era? I mean, do you, in your gut, Flav, are they going to do it though? Do you think they will? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, I think I think they're in an excellent position. I think if they if they if they don't win it from this position, then they'll be bottling it. It'll be a bottle job, right? And 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 that's look. look if they win it. Fucking, it'd be awful and it'll be terrible and and it's just one of those things another thing that as a Spurs fans we just have to suck up and accept but the the silver lining is if they are up against Manchester City who 
won't drop as many points in the first part in the second part of the season as they have in the first and and they are relentless um and if you want anyone from a Spurs fans perspective if you want anyone chasing them it's Man City um my uh, my gut feeling I I don't I don't I think they're in a good position but I think the size of their squad will impact them and I think Manchester City will win the league. I really, really hope. I mean, we could really derail them at the weekend. We really could. You know, it could be. It's a, it's the thing is, it's, it's a fucking massive game in that respect. It makes me feel sick. <laughs> do you think they'll do it, Rick? Nah, you don't. Nah, not at all. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think. I mean, it's horrible to think. There's still a fucking well long way. We're at like beginning of January at the moment, and um, yeah. we're not even at Christmas at, in terms of it's games. Just that sort of momentum, and, though, and the World got, Cup. Yeah, you know? uh, it is. It is the momentum they've got. But that's what bothers you, me most. As soon as you have um, a few results that are unfavourable, then the wheels can start freezing they can start getting a bit sticky and and the game against was it newcastle that they drew i think they i think they they recently played newcastle yeah yeah they drew and, and, and they yeah. drew um and that is, that game was um an evening game i think it was during the week was it maybe i, I can't remember but it's those types of games those you know when you when you've been playing europa and all eyes are on you on the monday night football um, and you've got to go away to someone and it's just like, if there are a couple more draws and Man City wins, a couple more this, a couple more that, just where the points kind of drift in together, the gap closes and it gets close, it gets tighter and tighter, then I think that's when you, that's when the wheels will fall off. And like Flav was saying, I don't think they have the, the squad depth um, to really... Oh, to, to see it over the line and I just think Man City are just too much of a beast to not catch them with the points that they can so I, I don't think they will I mean if you look at it if if, uh, if we beat Arsenal at the weekend and um, they're coming into us like super confident and I think they don't think we're I don't think that we can sort of live with them and we can obviously we can like we, we, we beat Man City, Man City home and away last year and they won the league so the idea that we can't <clears throat> beat Arsenal in this game is mental of course we can beat them um, if we do then and Man City win <clears throat> it's down to two points two points at this stage we've, they're, they're... we've got to, our stadium it doesn't matter because look let's say I would say on the balance right the past 10 years I'd fuck their FA Cups over the balance of the past 10 years we've been the better team I would say. But they have still managed to make the Emirates a fucking fortress. We've we've rocked up there plenty of times. We've spoken about it either on Fighting Cock or on here. Those times when we've rocked up in the past thinking, Joe, you know what, we're going to do them this year. We're on our way to the title and we're going to rub it in their fucking horrible little faces at the Emirates. And they still managed to do us the five twos, the, you know, the even the, just the miserable kind of two ones and all that sort of stuff they get over us. Mm. Winning once out there, we've just we have to do that here. Like, the well, they haven't beat they haven't beaten us at what lane for a long long time. I can't no, they haven't beaten us at the new one either at all. Yeah, so it's not like it isn't. It's not. It's not like it's an easy place for them to come. It's just they're coming in with a lot of confidence at, at the moment. I mean, what 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 is more likely to happen is that Arsenal beat us and we beat Man City. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, it's just. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Well, it, but you Stop don't, saying it, Flav. It's going to come true. <laughs> you don't need to imagine it. That's the problem, right? Like you don't need to imagine that hard anyway, because it's just. I mean, do you buy that, Flav? Do you buy? Because I, I just don't. You know, when people say you can never want Tottenham to lose, you can, I don't care if we lose to City. Honestly, if that happens, I wouldn't care if we lost to City. I would. No, 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 no. And people say, oh, you can't think about what they're doing. It's about what. To of course, it matters what they're fucking doing. Of course it matters. Like yeah, it's, you can't it's, just discount what you what acting like Arsenal winning the league wouldn't be fucking awful. Like no, no I mean we the, the part of, whether you like it or not, part of Tottenham's existence involves Arsenal and vice versa. And fans that just choose to, I would love the luxury of that of my brain not of working that way. My brain just going, oh, I'm not really worried worried about Arsenal. I don't. I'm not bothered about them. I would love that. My life would be so much more. So, so, 
so it would be less stressful if I didn't have to worry about what Arsenal are doing this season. But the vast majority of Spurs fans, 99% of them do, because Arsenal, whether you like it or not, are our nemesis and vice versa. Regardless of where we are in the leagues or what division you're in or the position you're in, it's this game that's most important. The most important. And for what, what the game against Man City would effectively be three points. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things. If it dents Arsenal's chance of winning the league, it's so much more important that we don't that, that we don't aid that aid them. Do you think? Do you think it's? I, I think people, perhaps people that don't, aren't impacted by Arsenal, don't spend a lot of time around Arsenal fans. I think that's probably what it is. But I was talking to one on Monday, and he said the idea of Spurs beating Man City and helping Arsenal win the league is glorious. They want that to happen. They want us to win. And that's the position we're in. It's better for this rivalry if Spurs drop points against Man City, even if it hinders our our ambitions this season. For me, it's more important that Arsenal don't win the league than Spurs finishing the top four. Imagine us taking our customary six points off of Man City this season and still just finishing like seventh anyway. Because <laughs> they win the league. Yeah, and they win the league yeah, by and they five win the points. League. Yeah. Or, or, or a point, <laughs> whatever it is. Don't. don't. Yeah, that's worse. That, that's worse because there's, there's, there's infinite amounts of league seasons. There aren't infinite amounts of this scenario. And right now you have to manage the scenario. And whatever that is that prevents Arsenal from the league, that's the correct path, I think. It has to be. Like that, if, if we can't win the league this year, which we're not going to, let's be honest, we're not in any position to do that, our sole objective has to be stopping just stopping them. them from doing it <laughs> yeah, and yeah, hoping yeah. with every fibre in our bodies that they don't. I'm, you know? I'm watching every Man City every Man City game as almost almost like a Man City fan. Please win, City. Please win. And they're shit. <laughs> like when when Everton and when Everton drew at Main Road. I mean at the Etihad. I was like I was gutted. It was like Spurs had dropped points. Absolutely gutted. But it's it's fucked up how the psychology changes, right? Because the second you're behind Man City, you build up Man City as this terrifying thing. Haaland is this unstoppable brute. But when you're behind them and you're watching them sort of struggling, all right, they got it over the line in the end against Stamford Bridge, or at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. There's that part of me that's like, they're not all that, you know. They're not Harland, like, all right, he's quick, he's physical, but he's not that. Good. He's not it's that a bit clumsy. Great a I, I, I think you've been you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, I think like it's going to be a, a, a mad, mad thing to say, but I, I think a lot of fans might scoff at it. But Kane is a better footballer. He's miles better. Miles. You'd better. much rather have Kane now. Yeah. Than you would yeah. Harland. Yeah, you just 100%. would. So I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, this is, sounds like a name drop and stuff, but I'm, I'm going on Sky on Saturday, right? And oh. that because I, I need to find. A, Sorry, I've kept you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. No, but the the, the um, I, I've got to deflect from Arsenal and Spurs a bit, right? I've yeah. got because I can't I can't go on there giving shit about Spurs doing Arsenal, right? I just you're gonna look like an idiot. So there's two things I'm going to do. I'm going to put huge, like I'm going to do as much as I can to make it, make it that Arsenal could bottle it and it's going to be glorious when they do. And I'm going to say that Kane is better than Haaland and that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do to deflect. And I think that, I don't think any, like the Kane versus Haaland thing at the beginning of the season, people go, yeah, Haaland all day is better. But it's clear that he's not a better forward than, than, than Kane. I mean, Kane's quietly having a disgusting season. <laughs> he is, isn't well. he? Like, he's... he's... <laughs> Who scored more at the moment between Haaland has Haaland, but I think he's got three or four more goals at the moment. Right, okay. But I, th- I think Harry loves that. The second he sees this, this thing come into the league, sort of this tomcat pissing on his territory, <laughs> it gets like it gets Harry Kane going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's exactly it, man. That's it's the same good. when Salah came over. Do you know what I mean? Like, hello. Yeah, Hello? yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said Salah, you know what I mean, and then nothing. Yeah, <laughs> See, Harry, play. I thought I'd say something controversial, and I was like, "What have I said?" Haaland has twenty-one goals. Which, to be fair, is this an obscene amount? Kane has fifteen, but he's playing for City. Like if Kane was playing for City, you'd, I'm sure he'd love to, <laughs> or would have loved to. Um, he he would have as many goals as Haaland, sure. You you know, for your uh, for your Sky thing, Flav, you have to look at the actual numbers, but. Like this, officially, it would be the biggest bottling of all time if Arsenal didn't do it from here. No club has ever been this far ahead without winning the Premier League. That, now. That, no, no, that's not true, though, is it? At this Liverpool, point in the season, Liverpool didn't Liverpool, Liverpool were thirteen clear. Mm. Uh, set came, City had the games in hand, but they were they were like they were 
Hang on, I'll, I'll find it. I don't think that's true, but it is pretty. I mean, it's it's even if a... it's not true, that just go with it. Yeah, or just say like the second, <laughs> the second biggest, but the third biggest bottling. Mate, just get yeah. it in there anyway. Plant the seed. Can you imagine? I'll, I'll can, you, can you imagine last day of the, if it goes to the last day of the season and they bottle it? Just wherever to- Tottenham are at home, aren't we? I think we're at Leeds. Are we playing at home against Leeds or are we away at Leeds? Away. Uh, away at Leeds. We're still hearing the away fans. I still get battered everywhere they go. As they, <laughs> as they drop the title on the last day of the season, probably to Newcastle. Sorry, City were, City had a 14-point lead over Liverpool, but I think they, they, they won the league though, didn't they? I did, didn't they? No, so, they, oh, City have definitely... Yeah. The year... So Liverpool won the league in lockdown, didn't they? And yeah, they, so just, they just flew out the blocks and they were ahead the whole way, I, th- I think, that year. The year they won the title. Um, I don't, who won the league in two... two so this... Oh man, they've updated the article, so I'm not, I'm not sure when this was originally, originally written, but they had a 14... Man City... Pep Guardiola makes fake claim about Man City 14-point lead over Liverpool. It says updated April 2022, so I'm not sure exactly when, when that was published. Maybe it was last year. I'm not sure. But there was um, who won the league last year? It was Man City. Here we go. It? All right. So January ESPN FC. Yeah, it was January the first. Never has a Premier League club with as many points as Arsenal, 43, at this stage of the season, not won the league. Wow. Good. Good stat. Definitely going to bank that. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it. So if they, yeah, if they don't do it, mate, they're, they're done. You know? mm. Yeah, it's going to be great if they don't. <sighs> are you, what are you thinking about the game? Let's just talk about the actual game itself. Hopefully Kulisevsky's going to be back, Bentancur, questionable. If he's not, do you chuck Sar into that game, Rick? Because he's looked pretty fucking special, I think, these past few games. But this is another level, right? Yeah, that I mean, um, as uh, as I said on uh, Monday's uh, Fighting Cock Pod, that I think so, for me, Saar has been a player that I've been uh, most surprised with, uh, and that I feel that he's got more of a, a ceiling than Hill, and I've been more impressed with Saar's performance than Hill's. But this is the North London derby. The atmosphere is going to be fucking mental. Chucking him in? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But then what would the alternative be? It would be Huybier and Skip. Or Basuma if he's fit. Basuma, yeah, if he's fit. But I don't... Oh, man. But he, if, if he wasn't fit for, for the game, will it will he be fit for, against Arsenal? I don't know. Um well, I mean, and then, uh, and then Skip. Conte, Conte said that Bentancur will be fit for Arsenal. Uh, I think, yeah. Well, I, I think well, he said ho- that 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 they're hoping him and Kulisevsky. One, what uh, the assistant manager said, one of them will be back. You would think that Bentancur. Are we? I I'm mean, are we taking it that Bentancur's of the quality that even with what he's missed a month of football, that we can drop him straight back into hundred percent? Yeah, yeah. He's he's. Gravy, top draw. Honestly, I, I think yeah. he, he's so much better than we we think. I think as well. I think what what he's gonna do if he's if he's eighty percent fit, he plays. I think for for me, like when he first came, and now he's been under Conte, and he's understanding his role, and he's got into a rhythm. At the moment, he he has been absolutely quality. But when he first joined, I don't think he was there. New country, new league, adapting all of that. I'm just hoping that when, like you're saying, that he's missed a month of football and he's dropped back in, that he doesn't go back to how he was playing, that he is is able to kind of maintain that that rhythm and that relationship with his teammates. And it's, it's, it's going to be a very kind of a mad atmosphere and environment to come back into on your first game. To having been sitting on the sofa for a month and uh, I'm doing bits of rehabilitation and going into kind of uh, into Tottenham then going into an actual live game of 63 62,000 people screaming is fucking uh, it will be a jolt to the system but professional footballer you know he's, he's done it throughout his life but 
It's going to be a tricky one. I don't think that if he is dropped in there, that he he picks up where he left off in that kind of in that pomp of form. I think he'll be a bit rusty. If uh, Kulisevsky's not fit, Flav, would you uh, would you have Hill in there? Or I mean, there's no one else, is there really? Would you worry about him against Arsenal in a in a fiery game? Because it is you'd imagine it's going to be pretty, you know, vicious. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, if uh, there's no option, if if Kulisevsky's not fit, then um, then Hill has to play. Um, and you worry about the physicality of it. I think in I, I think there's definitely a, a really good player in Hill, and he, perhaps he's not quite ready physically for the Premier League to be relied upon consistently you just hope that you would have a, a great game but you, in that instance where it's going to be fiery it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of challenges people aren't going to have a lot of room on the ball that that he, he might struggle but he also might surprise us we don't really know enough about him yet we haven't seen enough about him uh, playing for Spurs at, a, at Premier League level to, to really make a judgment on him we know Conte loves him and and that's that's important because Conte knows a player better than we do um, but I'm really, really hoping for Kulisevsky because we've just seen the, the results we get when he's in the team and the results we get when he isn't. And it's um, sort of light and day, night and day. What I would like is um, obviously Bentancur and Kulisevsky to start and um, Richie to be named as a sub, just sitting there That'd waiting, looking over the Gooners bench. As the camera's away, he like points at each individual player, points at them and then, puts his finger to his throat as he going to cut you and then it goes to the next person that he's just like he's just he's, he's not he's not even fit but we've got him in his shorts t-shirt on the bench just waiting just just yeah. to fucking play mind games we've got we can put him on anytime we want who's that fucking cunt that arsenal assistant the one that's always got ear pods in looks like a right tosser I don't know. Can I just make a? Can I make a? Um, can I? Can I shock you guys? Yeah. Um, I I've watched sixty minutes of Arsenal all season. I haven't seen anything of them. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any. The the only the only time I've seen them is when uh, we played at their gaff. I turned um, it off after sixty minutes, so that's uh, all I've seen. Um, yeah, that 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 was it. Yeah, same. So I, I couldn't tell you any, anything <coughs> anything about them really. Other than that, everyone's saying they're really good. They are. Albert Stivenberg is who I was thinking of. Sounds like a wanker. Who the fuck is that? You'll definitely who the know fuck he's, is that he's guy? a right flash looking tosser. Jack, how do you think we're going to uh, <laughs> do on Sunday? I think I think we'll be too much for him. I do. I just think there's, there's a certain... For, for all my criticism of Conte, I still think there's a certain... Fight deep down in this team and this group of players to be fair like we not just about Conte we criticise these group of players quite a lot but I still think there's a there's a fight there and there's a level of experience that Arsenal don't have we've got players like Son and Kane we've got players like the Reese who can step up when need be we've seen them do it in the past they've been there they've done it and I think sometimes in these kind of this game, hopefully, it will be just a bit too much for us all. I think it's it's almost like it's like a weird role reversal at the moment. We're kind of like that tail end kind of Wenger Arsenal. Remember the one that was when they still had players like Giroud and yeah. stuff like that in the side. We're sort of that now. The yeah. sort of the, the seasoned old hands are yeah, all right. The upstarts down the road, they've got this sort of promising young team, but we've still got these like hardened, horrible old like warriors that can still sort of take it to them and I think I'd I, I like to think we'll beat them you know and the thing really is they derail that as good as they've been this season have they been tested in an, in, in the way that we tested them last season like because it isn't a huge it's not a huge change from the team that will turn up against Spurs no and Newcastle gave them a proper game at the Emirates the other day yeah so look it's I think there's an assumption that and, uh, there's a fear that Arsenal will come and turn us over but I I'd be surprised if if they found it even remotely comfortable. Is there any signings in January, Flav, that you would be? Des- People are talking about Pedro Porro and all that. Is there anybody going into this game, going into a game against like this against Arsenal? 
Is there any part of our squad that you think, fucking hell, I wish we had insert player here? Yeah, just in defence, really. Just two, just two really sort of good defenders, you know, similar in quality to Romero. Um, as much as I, I've, I've enjoyed Ben Davies's, um, you know, his, his turnaround under Conte. Um, ben Davies, Eric Dyer, and you know, Sanchez and Tanganga are not good enough. They're not good enough for what we need, and and um, they need to be replaced as a matter of urgency this window, in my opinion. But it doesn't seem like we're linked to any centre backs really. I mean, what are those sort of tentative rumours around Guardiol and um, the I can never now pronounce his name, but the, the keys are into De Vrij, De Vrij. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting them in January. No. Um, so it, the only one that we sort of seem to be consistently linked with is um, Pedro Porro but is it Pedro sorry Porro yeah, yeah um, so I guess that I don't know mate I don't know, to be honest if we weren't linked with him I wouldn't have never mentioned his name ever again I probably would never think about him ever again so the fact we are linked with him and, and it seems to not be going away then uh, yeah why not I mean it's clear that fullbacks or wingbacks are so important to um, Conte's system and if they're working we're going to be playing better um and the right-hand side, you know, is, is something that needs to be improved. And it's just mental because if we bring this geezer in, we'll have four right wing-backs. Um, so we'd need to... <laughs> Spence needs to go out on loan and Emerson Royale probably needs to be sold and I'd keep Matt Doherty and, and Porro if he if he comes in. That's what I would do. But you can kind of understand the club's position where we have to kind of sell one of these <laughs> before we bring another one in. It's mental we've got four. And I, the, the problem with bringing people in and then selling is that you lose leverage in negotiation so if if say fucking Aston Villa want Emerson Royale and they know we've signed Porro then they're like well we're not going to pay you 20 million that you want we'll pay you 10 million because you're desperate to get rid of him otherwise you've got got him on your book so you kind of want to sell players before bringing them in even if it is intensely irritating as fans to have to do that because going into negotiations and you have a you have an obligation to some degree to get as much money as you can for the players that you're selling and you know then you leave you'd love to do that i don't know man um but yeah i guess poro but I'm, i my my knowledge of european football and players is so limited that i, I just tend to sort of say what everyone else is saying defenders right wing backs bastoni um, you know, Sockham's razor though isn't it it's just it's the it's what we need yeah yeah this feels oddly subdued lads like you know it's the North London derby on the weekend and we're I can tell nobody's really looking forward to this one. are you I looking fucking... forward to it Rick no I uh, I never look forward to it <laughs> I never it. ever look forward to it and um, yeah whether we are in a rich vein of form whether we are wounded animals whether they are playing out their skin and we think we can be the banana. doesn't matter what fucking variation you bring me I fucking hate this fixture uh, and it's horrible all week it's even worse during game day and then you've got another week of fucking whatsapp messages and facebook posts and fucking reels and this that and the other it's just a horrible part of your life that <laughs> um, ha- happens um character building you know, yeah twice a year that you that you know is definitely going to happen but yeah i don't look forward to it i mean the only thing about sunday i'm looking forward to is um seeing my old man because i haven't seen him um over christmas at all um so that'll be nice um it will be going to a calf and getting a, a, a dirty fry up i haven't had uh one of those since the last uh, home game at Tottenham. Don't set Flav off about your fry-ups again. Mate. No, I know. Seeing the lads, I've, I've not seen... I, I saw uh, the vast majority of them on my my birthday, my 40th birthday, they came to Milton Keynes, which was lovely. Um, and, and just having a, having a beer and all that part of going to the football, the travelling and just a bit of time to myself, seeing your mate, seeing your dad, dirty food, guilty pleasures, all that. It's fucking great. But the game, I am not looking forward to it because there's always that what if, what if. And as as humans, your mind kind of 
always goes to the the furthest, most horriblest thing <laughs> that uh, you're going to go there, and we're going to be three 0 down in 27 minutes. So you just <laughs> what the fuck? Hearing that, what? that, that yeah. pocket of cheering from yeah. the corner of the stadium, you know, seeing the fucking limbs going everywhere. I can't. That that's one thing I really I find difficult. Uh, like I I've been to many many North London derbies in my life. Um, and that seeing them celebrate is one of the worst things. It's just, and like, I don't understand, you know, like, you know, like Spurs tickets, to, sort of away, the away ticket to the away game at the, the Emirates, right? Yeah. That, the, I, my, my issue, my main issue with the North London derby is I can deal with it if we lose. Like, we've lost many games against them. If we win, it's fantastic. It's not, the losing isn't, isn't the issue for me. The reason why I don't like going and watching it live is that I have to spend 90 minutes in their presence. And the idea of going to their stadium and being surrounded by them makes me feel physically ill. Oh, I it's fucking horrible. I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't, like, imagine being surrounded by that scum and you're, you're voluntary, you're putting yourself in that voluntary situation. And, you know, if you win, it's, it's, it's magnificent. But even if you draw, just being in their presence, it's like, um, it's just, it's just, it's just disgusting. I hate it. I wouldn't. Use, I, 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 I used to live a stone's throw from that stadium. Like I lived in Holloway for a lot, a lot of my life, and I don't even look at it when I walk past. I, I, I look in the other direction. I will not even look at their stadium. <laughs> I used to do that when I used to get the overground train into work. And uh, I knew that the stadium was to to my left, and I would just be looking out to the right. I wouldn't even yeah. make eye contact with it. And as well, um, I've been to. Uh, a game uh, one league game I managed to get tickets uh, at the Emirates and um, was it was that? it was the four all game so Ooh. it was a, it was a fucking great game to be at um, but like you were saying even though we got the draw and the result went in our favour as you come out you're just surrounded by a sea of red we ain't talking like all this fucking shit going on you're just like this is just horrible even if we won there, like you can't fucking proper celebrate and stuff like, because you're just cr- crawling with them. Um, uh, it's not only it's only until you get back on your own turf uh, that you can uh, start enjoying it. But yeah, it's not it's it's not fun at all. Uh, just why does it have to happen, lads? Why can't it just you know? It's like a root canal, isn't it? So you you've got to have it done. It's every every now and it's, then you have a you know it needs to be done, but it's like it's, it's high risk, doing. high reward though, isn't it? I mean the, the, that exactly. feeling when you do them, and when we started like these past few years, actually starting to beat them now, it not just being because this let's, let's not forget like this was a lesson in abject misery for for a large portion of our lives of knowing going through all these nerves pre match and just knowing we're going to lose to Arsenal like it was just an inevitability, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Things have changed massively. The fact that we can turn up and and do them now is just it's glorious, and they can't they can't take that. That's the biggest thing to remember is that like they've they've got this like horrible elitist kind of view of us. That's the thing that I find so ugly about our rivalry is that we want to beat them, we want to smash them up, and that's fine. That's what football fans are supposed to. Do. But the, their whole rhetoric, the whole thing that their club is built around, is this whole kind of. We're class. We've got these marble halls. We're something different. We're a cut above Tottenham. And it's all so ugly and just like snobby and rank. And there's just nothing, there's nothing nice about them at all. No, I mean, and and, um, uh, and, and, and the reality is that regardless of what's happened in the past, or the most recent history at least, or, you know, in the last 20 years, the Premier League era, right? The, the difference between Tottenham and Arsenal in terms of the size of their club and what their aspiration should be, there's not much between us now. But there was back in the you know the nineties and the, in the two thousands, the gap between the two clubs was gargantuan. It was it was as if we were never going to finish above them, ever. But like the idea of finishing above Arsenal was inconceivable. Each year we just thought, well, you know, this is this is just something across the bear. That's what we have to deal with. But the, there is no difference between the club. There's no difference in revenue. There's no difference in size in, in terms of um, the amount of revenue and, and, and the, uh, what you can generate. Um, they, they've probably got more fans worldwide, but re- the, 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 how that impacts the day-to-day running of a club and what you can achieve is probably negligible because of the size of both clubs. So there, there isn't much difference between Tottenham and Arsenal, and there will be a flip-flopping of who is above who. 
And what 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 won't we won't be going back to is is just them being dominant over us for 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 many years. It just just get the infrastructure what Daniel Levy has created, the platform that he's created, from what we can go on to do. There, there's nothing between us. So don't. This isn't a return of us finishing below Arsenal every season forever. This is just one season. Do you know? And this is just one moment we have to live through. Whether we win or lose, you live through it. Three weeks later, it's forgotten. And you move on to the next time you're going to play. That's the beauty of football. Everything moves so quickly. With there being no difference between us, there's one big difference between us right now. And it's a man on With a mission. Mum. who <laughs> The man on a mission who wants to be Tottenham's all-time greatest goal scorer. Loves a goal in the North London derby. I think he's going to do it in this game and that's going to be the ultimate poetry, really. Oh, can you imagine? That's it. We don't need to. It's going to happen, mate. It's going to happen. I mean, what more motivation does he need? It's Arsenal. He can break Reeves' record at White Hart Lane. It'll be forever remembered. And if we win as well, Jesus. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.